Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. I'm super excited to be here this morning. Let me go ahead and reset the room. Let's go. Good morning, good morning, good morning. My name is Trevor Houston, and this 
is Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club. And this is your opportunity to get a seat at the table with those going the places you know you can go and doing the things you know you can do. Now, we don't see this clubhouse divider with a stage on top and an audience down below. No, instead, we look at this as the world's largest breakfast table full of motivation, education, inspiration, and even a friendly competition with the positive intention of pushing your momentum in the right direction. Now, listen, if you ever miss a segment, you can go download the Breakfast with Champions podcast and listen anytime. So head on over to breakfastwithchampions.live to grab the link and subscribe. You're now tuning in to the Who You Know and Dr. Rose Show. Good morning, Dr. Rose. How you doing? Good morning, Trevor. I truly am hyped on Mountain Dew today. <laughs> I'm doing good. I got my my equipment back. I don't I've been dealing with some tech issues, man. Let me just tell y'all out there, if y'all ever go to switch phones or switch providers, it's it's a mistake. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Because I'm telling you, man, I went from T-Mobile to AT&T, and it just messed my whole world up. Well, it sounds like you have the future definitely in mind because you're still being progressive and you have great equipment. So we, <laughs> well, we thank love you. Each other. Well, we appreciate you. Well, Dr. Rowe, I know we were talking behind the scenes about what's going on today, and we've had a switch and pivots, and, you know, sometimes you got to do that in life. So what do we got going on today? Who Who do we got up in this house today with us. I am just so blessed because this is a holiday season where people give and I made a phone call to my beautiful friend Tress and just like that in one second the amazing Dr. Sonia LaRae showed up on the stage. She is a lifestyle relationship counselor, educator, fashion psychologist, motivational speaker and what I love the most is she helps high-level executives to create balance and break old habits. Please help us give a warm welcome to Dr. Sonia Gray. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Dr. Sonia. Good morning, Dr. Sonia. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here with you all this morning. I'm excited to uh, share and pour into the conversation. And uh, Dr. Rowe, thank you so much for Thank you so much for being available. You are just amazing, and I, and I just appreciate you. Before we dive into a little bit more about you, I just have a quick question. If you could have coffee with any given person right now, who would it be? Oh, my goodness. Wow. In all honesty, if I could have coffee with anyone right now, it would have to be Maya Angelou because I am so inspired by her, her words, her story, her journey, because so many people don't really get to see who Maya Angelou was and really to understand why her poetry was so important to her and what she poured into other people. So that's who I would love to have coffee with and I would love to just pick her. Amen. And it's amazing that you said that because just as you were saying that name, her uh, goddaughter, and I say that her goddaughter and my beautiful namesake, Rolanda, just came in the room too. So I know that she would uh, definitely say that, yes, Dr. Maya Angelou is an amazing person that um, even in heaven um, to talk to and have coffee with. So thank you so much. 
So um, can you tell us just a little bit more about what you actually do and how that benefits people within Breakfast with Champions? Oh, it's my pleasure. So um, as Dr. Rose stated, I am a lifestyle relationship counselor, fashion psychologist, and educator. Big important thing here is that I am truly an educator. So with lifestyle and relationship counseling, I really pour into people and really helping them to break down the barriers that stop them from the success that they know they deserve and that they are their potential is. So when you start working with people on the elements of their life, it aligns in everything that they do. So many times for their mindset, it's blocked. And especially if they're holding on to old hurts and old pains that prevent them from growing. So for me, it is important for me to really tap into that knowledge with them and to help them to realize that your past does not have to determine your future. And that is an element that I really am very structured about. And then with fashion psychology, this is where it's a lot of fun and it's a lot of my joy because a lot of times when people look at this, they automatically think, oh, you're a stylist. No, fashion psychology is much deeper because what we do is we really help you to overcome the overconsumption of fashion. We help you to break the body dysmorphia that you have. And also we help with inside of the industry of understanding what it means to have sustainable fashion and how it will even help our planet when we go to kind of recycle and upcycle clothing. So a lot of times when you see a person like myself uh, in the fashion industry and I'm kind of consulting with different designers and different ones, we are really kind of working on what will have longevity and why a label would want to have longevity so it can save our planet. And then on top of it, we work with how the fabrics can be biodegradable once we are getting this into place. So these are new things that are coming into the industry, really breaking that uh, mindset that one size fits all, because we see that so much. And for women especially, it's important and powerful for women to understand that you are not cookie cutter. You are not going to be shaped like everyone else and every style and trend is not made for your body type. And so that's basically what I do and how I work within this industry and what I'm doing to even break the barriers for my clients as well. Because when you start working with people that have such great dreams and possibilities, you have to start to build those pillars. And I always say our foundation, it is either we have it just so, or it's gonna to be too much water. And when the smallest of storms arise, it's gonna crumble and your structure is going to fall. So that's how I pour into my community and how I work with people. And I release the mic to you. Wow, that is so impactful, the work that you do. There are so many who go through exactly what you just described. Before I get deeper into it, I'm just curious, is there a story behind how you actually pivoted into this career and chose what you're saying, right? Actually, yes, there is. <laughs> so my story is actually, um, it's very unique because um, I started out originally in the music industry. I'm a singer, I'm classically trained. Um, I, six, six, I sing six and a half octaves. I'm a spinto coloratura. So my career started 
that I was literally on um, my music. I was doing it. I was focused on it in school and everything. And so I had gotten to a point where I was really uh, kind of making my way in the industry. And I was signed to a very large um, venue that I was opening for a very well-known artist. But the night before, I had started to feel uh, very sick and I had a severe pain in my head. And literally, um, I didn't say anything at first. And my mother is my manager. So I went to her and I just told her I wasn't feeling well. I had such a severe headache. And she told me that I probably was just over anxious and I was so excited because it was something large in my career that was happening. And so in turn, uh, she had stated that I needed to just kind of finish up what I was doing and kind of call the doctor and just kind of tap in with them. When I did, the doctor had stated that they wanted me to come to the hospital. But being young and, you know, you have something so major like what I was about to do, and it was a sold out stadium, by far was not going to anyone's hospital. I went to bed. I woke up the next day. I still was feeling horrible. But um, I went on to perform and it was a great show. But just as I walked off the stage and made the clearing where the audience couldn't see me, I passed out. And this is where my story really takes a total change and at 360. So as I passed out, I ended up going, being rushed to hospital. My mother was stayed at the venue because as a manager, they have a lot to take care of. My road manager and my assistant went me went with me to the hospital. And lo and behold, they needed to do a spinal tap because at that time it was a, a huge outbreak of meningitis and they felt that I had meningitis. So needless to say, they called and uh, my mother gave the okay for the procedure. And just as they was doing the procedure, the resident did not wait for his attending physician and he paralyzed me. And uh, needless to say, everything changed in a blink of an eye. And I ended up being paralyzed and in a wheelchair for over five and a half years. And my mom walked into uh, my rehab uh, center where I was living at the time. And she says, you know, your life is just over. I mean, like, this is terrible. What are you going to do? And not one time, Dr. Rowe, I can tell you, did I ever feel like, why me? Woe is me? Because when she said that, I looked at her and I was like, my life is not over. I'm alive. I'm still here. I'm breathing. I'm still Sonia Loray. And she looked at me and she said, well, you're actually totally right. She said, so what are you going to do? I was still in medical school. I was doing the things that I wanted to do as far as that goes. And I said, well, look, I started this company, La Paz. I said, I've never really invested all my time into it. And my mom told me that day, she said, then, you know what? That's what you're going to do, but you're also going to tell your story. And that's how I got into motivational speaking was because I came out to tell my story that I was down, but I definitely was not out and that I was not someone who was going to let this be my end all. Because as I told everyone, if this didn't happen to me, who was I going to wish this on? Who was I going to put this on? I couldn't even think of a person that I disliked so much that I would want them to have this happen to them. And so in turn, what happened was it made me a better person. It made me a better doctor. I listen intently to people. I have empathy for those that before, I could say I was a cocky little jerk because I had such a great gift inside of me that maybe I didn't appreciate all the way. But now, oh, by far, I'm a different person and I'm grateful for my experience. So that's what pivoted me in my career.
and I released them. Sonia, this is Trevor right here. I got a question for you. So first of all, what a powerful story. Um, you said you were down, but you weren't out. And it sounds like you didn't really even like, I don't know, like I, I'm, I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes for a second and go through that experience. And I'm like, I, I could see myself being devastated and crushed. And I could see a lot of people, you know, maybe like sitting in it for a little while. What, what do you think was inside you that just made you immediately just like get past it? Like you, you didn't, you didn't waste a second um, wallowing in it. You know what I mean? Like what, what was it that helped you to just get past it and just move forward so fast? Honestly, Trevor, I'm going to tell you, um, when I was laying in that hospital, um, literally when they told me, I, four days later, they told me I was paralyzed. My first thing to my doctor was, okay, well, how are we going to fix this? Not one time did I ever go to my life was over because in that split second, I realized that I could be dead. I wouldn't even be here. So for me, I never one time felt like my life was gone. I wanted to be somebody that was always Sonia. My mom always told me that if you're going to show up, you're going to show up and show out. Well, that's what resonated deep inside of me that I wanted to show up for Sonia. And I never felt sorry for myself. And let me tell you something else. Everybody says, oh, I know you sued this doctor that did this to you. No, I didn't because he was young and he was as cocky as I was. And how could I ruin his life when I was the same kind of person? And literally he and I are best friends to this day. And he works with people now that are faced with being paralyzed due to procedures that have gone uh, awry. So that's what motivated me more than anything. Oh my goodness, Sonia, wow. Like that's so inspiring in so many ways and from what i'm hearing from you and, and correct me if i'm wrong about this but from what i'm hearing is that you immediately went to gratitude right in that in that moment it was like i'm grateful to be here right and so you when you're in gratitude you just start focus on the solution you were like okay what's the solution how can we fix the problem right instead of you know uh focusing on the problem you started focusing on the solution and I just love your grace for the doctor. I mean, I mean, uh, so many people would have, you know, held things against him and all that kind of stuff. Like, wow, you're just very, very inspiring. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you so much. And, you know, I want to say this, that sometimes we have to walk with grace. And when we don't have it, that call comes to us where we're not really aware of it. And sometimes I think for myself, it was a call to grace because I needed to thank my heavenly father for all the gifts that he had given me. And the thing is, is that if you see my scans to this day, there is really no reason I should be walking. There is really no reason I should be standing so tall and wearing heels or anything at all because even my doctors are like you are definitely a miracle so if i can tell you anything is to please be grateful for every day that you are given be grateful for the endless possibilities that can happen in our lives 
and never take your life for granted because we have seconds that we are only in and you have to realize that that mindset is everything. And if you don't value it, you can lose it quickly. And I release. Man, oh my goodness. Wow, y'all better start pinging some people in the room because some people need to hear this message. Oh my goodness. Dr. Ro Amen, Trevor. What an overcomer you are, Dr. Sonia. I am just um, in awe listening to your story. And it's also um, heartbreaking to know that others go through this and they suffer in silence. So thank you for what you do. That That is amazing. I was uh, reading, seeing that you, you said you help people with overconsumption of fashion. So I, I must be guilty of that. Um, I, I literally say that without joking. Tell me more about that and how do you help executives and individuals? Okay, so this happens to be something that so many people suffer from. And I'm going to tell you how you know if you have a problem with it. So if you can go into your closet and you have a whole section full of clothing that you have never touched nor worn and it all has labels and tags on it, you are over-consuming fashion. So which means that you also are addicted to shopping and you're addicted to the clothing. And so many people don't realize that this is a real problem. And when we deal with this and when I deal with this, it really has to deal with your mind because a lot of times people don't realize that fashion addiction is real. It's just like alcohol. It's just like anything else. But see, it's so widely accepted because everyone, you'll think about it during this holiday season. What are you doing? You're shopping, you're going out and you're consuming and you're buying and buying and buying which in turn feeds the need for that overconsumption. So the first thing that we do, and I work with my clients to do, is to really go into their closet and we purge. And it is actually something that is um, traumatic for them because clothing holds a lot of sentiment to people that are overconsuming. And they, they just kind of hoard the things that they have, but they don't realize it. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm guilty of shoes. I am a shoe-aholic, and I don't tell people this in vain. I want people to realize that even your fashion psychologist can struggle with certain things because I love shoes. So in turn, what happens is this. I teach them that when you purchase things, we have to have at least that this outfit or this blouse is going to go with six different looks that will change it each time you put it in. If you're going to bring something new in, you must release something that you've had for a period of time. Now, vintage clothing is different. Vintage clothing is vintage for a reason, and it has a true value to it. So in turn, we start to streamline the process that it becomes a natural thing in the brain. It doesn't trigger that panic because there's a pain sensor that happens in the brain when you do this. Just like with any kind of addiction, it charges you up. It makes you have that sense that goes off in your brain. So we start to reprogram it just like a computer. We reprogram that brain that it doesn't get so that dopamine doesn't happen. 
And so it brings in balance. So that's how I work with my clients and really help them to pivot from that overconsumption to purchasing wisely and not over-purchasing. Oh my goodness. Uh, yes. oh, Dr. Rowe, go ahead. You, you had a comment. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm glad that you explained that. So that is not me. I mean, I do love fashion, but I don't have tags all over. Um, but I, I do have a question about that. Wouldn't it be very hard for someone to break that habit, especially since we're in a season where the people that do acknowledge like the holiday right now, shop, shop, shop. So if that's the case, is there something specific that you help them do to break that? So, yes, I have a system that we put in place and um, it's very detailed. So I can't really go deep into it because it is very detailed because anytime that you're dealing with addiction, it's just like I said, that if I was dealing with a client that had an addictive personality to anything, you have to start breaking the habits. So in turn, what happens is you start by putting a limit on what they can bring into the house. And you assign them, I have the red bar, I hope you all can hear oh, me. Oh, we got you, I can hear you. Um, okay, so then you assign them with accountability charts. And it's certain things that goes into that, that feed still gets them the high of that shopping, but not the overconsumption. See, the addiction part is the overconsumption of fashion not per se just purchasing because that would mean that they couldn't even get a cup of coffee if that was the case but it's what hey listeners if you enjoy listening to breakfast with champions we can bet you care about your daily routine do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine it's the perfect morning glenn has written a free ebook called the morning five five simple steps to an extraordinary morning if you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. They are addicted to. So prime example is this. I have a client who is addicted to Chanel. She has about 32 pairs of black Chanel pants that are exactly the same. You can't wear 32 pairs of black pants exactly the same. You're just buying to be buying. So in turn, what happened was this. I told her about a very a charity that helps women that are going back into the workforce that have been struggling and had a certain circumstance that has happened and they need clothing so they can be able to go and show up for great interviews. And I told her, I want you to donate to this charity because when you do, I want you to see how it's going to impact you as well as the other person. And I said, but don't send your assistant. I need you to go. When they can make an, a connection in that way, it starts to register in that brain and it starts to break the habit because instead now when she does go shopping, she's thinking more so of I don't want to be out here just spending my money wastefully because I can make an impact on someone else's life with that money. So we train the mind in a different way of purchasing. And so in turn, that's what we do. We kind of break the habits. We put strict systems into play and we have accountability for everything that they're doing and everything that they're not doing. 
So I hope that answered your question and I really. This is such an interesting conversation I've never thought about before. And now that you're talking about all this stuff, it got me just really, really thinking. Uh, and I'm curious, actually, with those that are on the stage and those that are in the audience. So if you're on the stage and and you um, want to be bold and just say, hey, you know what, I, I kind of I might have a shopping addiction myself. I might I might have that, too. Why don't you just flash your mic? And if you're in the audience, just. Just put your hand up. Just put your hand up if you if you want to be bold and just say, "Hey, you know what? I kind of like to it's buy therapy. shoes too." <laughs> it's therapy, right? It's therapy. Well, I love what you were talking about about how how you um, you know kind of teach people to you know get rid of some old stuff before you bring in some new stuff. Like it it, uh, it kind of trains you that in that way. Like I do the same thing with my kids. Like whenever. Um, uh, like my my son, he he's he just turned eight, right? And it's his birthday, oh so we're getting new, you know, new toys. And I'm like, hey, before we bring in the new toys, guess what's got to go? Like, go grab a trash bag. Like, we got to get rid of some of this stuff, you know. And uh, it's just interesting. It's the same psychology. <laughs> and um, my 13 year old, he hates it when I do that. Like, he hates to get rid of stuff. It's like a traumatizing experience to get rid of anything because he likes to hoard it. So how do you um, break that psychology of a hoarder, someone who's like, they just don't want to let go. How do you break that? So that's a, a deeper kind of uh, feeling. When hoarders are there, it's something that they're holding on to because of lack in some way. So what I would tell you, because you are traumatizing him, actually, <laughs> I, I just have to oh, let no. you know that. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. I, I can tell it's traumatizing him. He hates it when I when we go in and, and remove stuff. He hates it so much. So let me give you this suggestion, okay? So because you know he hates that so much, this is a great time to teach him something. So... In turn, you say to him, listen, we're, we're trying to get things ready because it's soon to be the holiday and you know, you put your list together. So I want you to look around and not your junk. I don't want your junk. I want something that can be reused or upcycled. And I want to take it and I want to take you to donate it to someone who needs it. I know a great place and I thought it would be great if you and I did this together you will see a shift in that mindset because it's helping someone else that needs. And so when we do that for them, they're able to pivot out of a panic mode because what you're coming in and doing, you're just saying, hey, look, buddy, get rid of your junk and let's go, you know, which in turn, even for us as adults, we would panic too if somebody came into my shoe closet and said, look, I'm taking this whole half over here from you. And I would be like, now, hold on a second. We need to talk. But when they come in and they say, hey, look, if you can get rid of this section over here, we can do something different and we can put something there. And this will also benefit another person. That, I'm willing to do that it. That is so strong because he does have the biggest heart in the world. And I know that 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 would that would definitely work. And, you know, for me, like, I just don't like excessive like stuff. Like that's just me. And it, and it comes from the way I was raised. My mom was a hoarder. She was a pack rat and she, oh my goodness, we just had junk upon junk upon junk upon junk. And we had to move a lot. 
And so through that moving process, I had to move junk, right? And so like, we just, I had to move just crap, you know? And so deep inside of me, I have like this, uh, this trigger when it comes to excess stuff. And so um, I just need a better way to teach him, like you were saying, of getting rid of stuff so it doesn't pile up. And I think that would really work. I really do. Thank you, Sonia. I really appreciate that. I think that would work much better than just going in there and throwing stuff away. <laughs> exactly. And Trevor, let me just say this. Um, don't make your story his story. Amen. So your mom was a hoarder does not mean that your son is. It means that he just kind of holds things a little bit more with sentiment to him. So we don't want to mirror anything from our past onto our children. So I encourage you to even kind of look at that a little bit and kind of pivot that mindset so we don't place those tags on our, our little people or our legacy, as I like to call them. Amen. I don't want my triggers to be his triggers, right? I don't want to pass that down for sure. Thank you. I appreciate that's amazing. I, I think all the people that actually flashed on the stage and admitted that, that y'all deserve a Breakfast with Champions t-shirt. So I'm going to talk to Sarah and see if she'll um, part with that. But <laughs> that is so amazing. Thank you so much. This is a awesome topic, especially during this season that we are in right now. So many people are going through this and struggling and trying to keep up with the Joneses or impress people that they don't know. So the psychology of everything you mentioned is just so vital. Thank you so much, Dr. Sonia. We appreciate that. Um, moving forward, I just am curious, what, who is the audience that you actually work with more often? Because there are some people here that might think, well, this doesn't fit me, or maybe you just work with executives. So can you just make that more clear so others can uh, contact you? So let me just say, because a lot of times when people hear the title, it kind of, um, they think like, oh, I, I can't work with her. But let me tell you, I work with even moms, stay-at-home moms that struggle with certain things because either way you go, there's a lifestyle, there's a relationship, there's a overconsumption, there's a body dysmorphia in any person and every person that we encounter. So I am, as I say, the people's champion because for the simple fact of it all, I'm going to tap into you. I'm going to work with you and we're going to get things structured. Um, I am very flexible with certain things and I'm very driven for people that are wanting to change habits and to overcome things that are setting them back. So I tell people all the time, tap into Sonia Lorray. It just may surprise you. And I really. Awesome. So every and anyone that is suffering, you are there to heal and help. That's so amazing. So who are your mentors in your life, Dr. Sonia, that have helped you to continue and rise above and continue building the future? Okay, so um, this is kind of very close to my heart, too, because um, my mother, uh, March 19th, she uh, suddenly passed away. And that woman was my incredible role model. She has um, everything that you hear about Sonia Luray. Is, is Myra. It's definitely Mia. She has always been such um, a beautiful example in my life. My parents are dynamic energy, and I am so grateful for them. 
Uh, my father was um, a Latin bassist, famous um, Latin bassist, and I kind of had the best of both worlds. And you know, uh, Dr. Rowe, it's just um, humbling to be able to even acknowledge them because those were my role models. My grandparents, seeing them come from Cuba to here and to make the life that they did for us and all the sacrifices and everything. So I'm a, a girl who is very grateful, uh, first generation American who is honored to be sitting on this stage with you all but more so that I carry the legacy of my family and the role models that was laid before me that I must honor. So it's very humbling and I appreciate it all. And thank you again, Dr. Rowe, for allowing me. Thank you. And my prayers are with you um, in the sudden loss of your mom. I am so sorry. And we know that she's smiling from heaven at you right now for all the things that you are doing for others. So thank you for sharing that beautiful story about her being the reason that you do what you do. Thank you so much. Really quick as well, as you, you know, get through this season right now of everything that you have going on and others have going on and they're, you know, knocking on your door saying, Dr. Sonia, I just can't break these habits. I'm stressed. Or they continue to believe in their minds that they are a failure, um, especially, let's say, if like uh, something that Trevor just explained about his son. It could be someone like that, or they continue to shop, 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 and they just can't break the habit. If they come to you with that continuous burden, what words of wisdom would you have for them if they just can't get over that they are having or struggling with breaking that habit? What would you say? Well, Dr. Rowe, the first thing that I always lead with with everyone, and I, I really teach this and I, I pour into others that they know they must show themselves self-compassion. Because see, self-compassion is something huge. And many of you may not be aware that when you have self-compassion, it does not allow you to abuse yourself or to speak harmful and hurtful words over yourself. See, you all in here at Breakfast with Champions always speak about the power of self-talk. So people that have addiction, they have an ability to really beat themselves up. And that is what resonates first within the ears and it vibrates at a very high decimal. And once it finishes from the ears, it penetrates that heart. And once it penetrates that heart, it takes seed, it starts to root, and it starts to grow, and it then blossoms in their brain. So within turn, they are unable to break a habit because they have already sabotaged their success. So in turn, we go in and I start to work on the self-talk that they do with themselves. And I work on them for the self-compassion that now they must work to give to themselves freely. And you will be so shocked how quickly people start to pivot and start to make little changes. And then I teach them to celebrate the small accomplishments, not large, but the small ones. And that is how we start to break it and how they start to even reform from that habitual habit that they formed. And I released them. Wow, that's powerful, Sonia. That's like 
So um, the power of positive self-talk to start breaking down some of those negative beliefs about yourself, what are maybe some examples? Like, uh, are there any specific, specific things that you might have somebody speak over themselves? Or is it specific to their individual needs um, in their individual situation? Is it um, more targeted or are there maybe some things that you're like, hey, this, this, these words of affirmation could pretty much work for anyone? Um, you know what? I actually, um, I have someone on this stage actually that I, I have given things to, and I would love for him to even say if he would. Hey, um, there we go. Let's do it. Tariko, are you able to unmic? Hey, Dr. Sonia, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. So what is it exactly? Because we do this all the time. And I know that you and I have worked on this. And so would you be willing to share what you most certainly, uh, Trevor and everybody in the room. Uh, so my life for me flipped upside down a few months ago and, and, uh, Dr. Sonia has been amazing with supporting me. And I think one of the things for me, um, that she's helped me to deal with is self-sabotage and some behaviors and patterns for me that existed in my life, um, throughout my relationships and personally for me that have become blockages almost and and we know the word heart attack you have a heart attack because you have blockages and she's just been uh, allowing me to first of all I had to acknowledge it right and accept it and see it and the process that she takes you through for you to see it is invaluable there's not an amount of money that you shouldn't pay so you can actually see what you don't see. And as I hear her talk about the clothes, uh, I had to do that process as I've been uh, working with Dr. Sonia. As I was moving and my life was turned upside down, I had more clothes than I had of me. I'm going to say that again. I had more clothes than I had of my own self, my own self-worth. And so I did that purge for myself to kind of let go of some things that I had put in place to uh, replace me loving me. And so that's definitely one of the things that she's done for me. Uh, currently right now, I'm writing uh, a commitment statement to myself for myself. And that's another thing that Dr. Sonia recommended. So thank you so much, Dr. Sonia. Thank you so much for sharing. I appreciate that, Tariko. So this is what, is what it's like to work with me. I want to empower you to be the best you possible. And a lot of times when we do the work and when we're working to uproot these behaviors, it's a powerful thing. And so sometimes we have to shake the tree just a little bit, but not too hard that someone is just kind of dislodge from everything. So it's done with compassion, it's done with love, but it also helps it to root and take root in that heart for them. So thank you so much, Tariko. Trevor, I hope that answered. Oh yeah, that was a live testimonial right there. Man, I appreciate you sharing that and Sonia, the impact, wow. 
that's amazing so i yeah i appreciate that that was we couldn't ask for anything better than that that was uh that was awesome yes and i know it's not contrived because Tariko is in my prayer room every week and i'm like what you just came and gave that testimony and you didn't have to so thank you Tariko, for sharing and thank you dr sonia again for what you do i want to give people the opportunity that are on the stage to ask you questions and um also open it up to those in the audience because we see a couple of waiting so trevor if you can check uh, that out but in the meantime if you can flash your mics we will um, call on you so that you can ask Dr. Sonia any questions that you like. Go ahead, Jackie, and then we'll keep. Sure. Thank you so much, Dr. Rowe. Uh, Dr. Sonia, this has been an amazing segment. Oh, my God. And I'm like, I probably need to come lay on your sofa because I probably need to talk about some things. But how do you know exactly when you have that addiction? I know you explained that, but I just want to be clear. How you have an addiction? Like, I absolutely, I'm kind of like you. I love shoes. So I'm not Miss Marcos or anything like that. I don't have 3,000 pair, but I literally had hundreds of shoes. And so, but I'm open to always giving things away. I'm, I'm open-hearted to know that if I'm not using or wearing, I can't wear two or 300 pair of shoes. I know that. So I, I'm open to giving away, but how do you know when you just really have an addiction? Because I love shoes and I love socks, you know, because I'm a personal trainer. So I'm always in gear to workout gear because I'm, I'm training all the time. So I was literally out of town this weekend uh, away with some me time and I was into the in store and all they sell is socks. So I went to the store and I saw these socks and said, if the shoe fits, get it in all colors. So I kind of like shoes and I like socks. So, um, but how do you know the difference? Or how do you tell the difference when you're just obsessed with buying a lot of things or you're really addicted to them to the sis? I like to buy things. My stuff is organized, but I do like to buy things, socks and shoes and things like that. So how do you know when it becomes an addiction and when you need to really seek some help out for having so many? Okay. Jackie, thank you for your question. So this is the thing. First and foremost, people that are, are shopaholics, you know, that term is thrown around all the time, but there is a real, a real problem. So how we identify if you are someone who actually has an addiction is this. Because addictions are stemmed from emotion. Um, and it's one of those things that you cannot control. So when you go into a store, it's the greatest thing. So because you said you like to work out, so you know that adrenaline rush that you get when you're working out and how, you know, the endorphins start to pump and everything. So you know that euphoria even because the oxytocin gets the level rises and everything. So in term with a shopaholic, it's the exact same adrenaline rush. It's almost like they know they don't need it. They know they shouldn't buy it, but they cannot stop themselves. And that's how you know you have a problem. Because when you go in and then you check your budget and you check your account, and it says that, you know what, you really shouldn't buy it, but you know, you walk out the store and then you're standing at that door and you run back in and purchase it. And then you're trying to figure out, now, wait a minute, I just threw my budget off. You have a problem. And a lot of times with people that have uh, different like addictions, like sock addictions, shoe addictions, you may not realize it, but it's driven by a lot of emotion. It's driven by a lot of uh, compulsive things that move you. So when you are walking past a shoe store, now I'm going to tell you, there's certain shoe stores that call my name. 
I walk by them and they are like, Psst, over here. And I have to be careful because literally that's exactly what it is for me. And that's an addiction. So because I understand that and I know it, I am also aware that when I go and look at that window, I tell myself, it's not that you need another pair of shoes, Sonia. You're just looking at them because they're pretty. And that helps me to stop and I don't purchase and I walk away. So I can now window shop without feeling that I need to go in and buy the next seven pair. So that's how I would know, Jackie, and how you should be aware that if you walk into a sock store and you start to just feel like you are in heaven and you're euphoric and you're everything that you're doing and you're picking up every sock and lo and behold, you go home and you have four of the same pair, you have a problem. And I really thank you so much. I, that's so funny. But thank you for that. I appreciate I love this conversation. I'm just in the back laughing. I see myself in a lot of these situations. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> I saw that uh, trust was flashing her mic a, a minute ago. And what I'd also like to do is I turned off the um, the hand raiser because uh, there were some that were there pr uh, previously. So what I'm going to do is if, if you do want to add in on this conversation, I'm going to turn it back on. Please re-raise your hand. I would appreciate that. But trust, it's over to you right now. Grand rising, peace and balance to the room. Thank you, Dr. Rowe and Trevor, for such an amazing segment. Dr. Sonia, my question is, um, how do you overcome purchasing gifts for other people? Like, I'm a giver, and so that's my love language. Even when I'm like, ah, I really shouldn't do it. Um, do you have any advice for those that are like me that like to purchase, not for themselves, but for other people? So one thing I would tell you is really to stick with a budget. Give yourself a real clear budget and a cutoff. Because if you don't, you're going to overdo and you're going to overgive, which takes you into a different problem. So for my clients that have the same issue, we start early by setting up a real line and that line cannot be kind of crossed. So just be mindful of that and be sure that you are really setting real goals as far as it goes. And one great thing you can also do is donate to something in someone's name because that is even better and even bigger. And I really. Fantastic. Thank you so much. So we have a, a little bit of a queue here going and then uh, Trevor and I will rotate back and forth. I know we have Dr. Tanji up next then Marquise, and then Coach Paul. So Dr. Tanji, Marquise, and then Coach Paul. I also saw you, Mary Lynn, and Kimberly. So let's see how it goes in the next 13 minutes, but in that order. Go ahead. Okay, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Sonia. So great to see you. Uh, she's been so pivotal too. We've done some great things um, together. And so for you, me being a wardrobe stylist, Dr. Sonia, we sort we align so much because I definitely help women to see and men too as well to tap into their signature style because a lot of people are definitely aside from it. Um, but there is something that emotionally happens when they tap into their signature style as well. And they see that they've been shopping um, not on purpose. They've not been um, aligned with what their 
what their signature style is. So um, how does that play a part in what you do? Do you also uncover that for people? Yes, and it's even on a deeper level because with, um, for us, um, really building your signature style, it really goes into more what is driven from a person from inside. So a lot of times people are not really clear of what their clothes are even saying about them behind their back. And so I help them in that way as well. So in turn, we really build out their wardrobe that really talks and speaks for them before they ever say a word. So we deal with color theory. We deal with body typing. We deal with color analysis that makes sure that everything from the elements, even in their home, is correct because it even impacts their mood in that way. So with uh, when you do signature style, it really speaks more from a person inside out before outside in. And so that's how we work it for my business. Thank you so much for answering that question. We appreciate you so much. And uh, next we have Marquise, and then we have. Good morning. Thank you, Dr. Rowe and Trevor. What a show. And I mean, what I mean by that is I I have the privilege of being on a couple of shows with Dr. Sonia on a weekly basis for a couple of months or so, and I just didn't know. So this show reminds me the need to slow down and truly connect with people. Dr. Sonia, you're beyond amazing. Like, wow. And, and, and more than even a question, I know Dr. Rowe and, and Trevor will ask about your resources, but I wanna share you. Like, I wanna share you with so many people because as I listen to you detail your life, even I had to take a back seat and go, wow, because I'm one of those people who love to look for the silver lining, but you pursue it like I am Sonia LeRae. And, and, and that touched me deeply and reminds me that no matter what's happening, no matter what's going on, I can still create, I still exist. And your work just, I'm blown away. That's what I'm really trying to say in short. And thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. And thank you for allowing me to be in your space on a regular basis. Oh my goodness, Marquise, I just, I love you. And I just appreciate you allowing me to even be with you and just to even pour into people that are connected with you. So thank you. I'm, I'm humbled by that. Thank you. Aw, what a special moment. Thank you so much. Coach Paul, you're up next, then Mary Lynn, and then Coach Paul going once. Going twice. All right, Coach Paul, I hope you're doing well today. Who did we have up next, Dr. Rowe? It is uh, Mary Lynn is next, and then Kimberly Eris Vieris. Oh. oh, Dr. Sonia. <laughs> she and I have connected a few times, and she knows I love her, but I just, I think I'm going to pass the mic because I don't want to go down the road, but I'm hoping sometime. Um, we can talk more about the forgiveness part and your injury and becoming best friends with, you know, the, the doctor who gave you the shot because I was injured in an incident. Um, I was actually shot in a robbery and I had to learn to use my leg over and I didn't sue either, but sometimes I really regret it. So if you have the space to talk about just how, you know, something 
to that effect. Cause I do struggle with that. I'm like, you know, sometimes I get a little upset that I didn't, I don't even know who it was honestly anymore, but anyway, the forgiveness aspect, I just really touched my heart today. So I would love to hear anything. So real quick, I just want to say with regards to that, um, for me, the power of forgiveness is not so much for that other person, but it's for you. So for me, when I forgave that doctor, I forgave myself for being the arrogant person that I was, for being that person who was not thankful for the gifts that was given to me. I didn't need to forgive him for anything per se, because what he just didn't realize, he actually, it, it was a change, a pivot, a huge pivot in my life, definitely by far. But it also was an awakening into my life because I was awakening everything that I needed at that moment. I needed to forgive Sonia for being arrogant. I needed to forgive Sonia for taking advantage of circumstances and people and talents and everything else. So I was so arrogant that I always tell people that when you say, oh, I got to forgive, it's always like you're looking with that other hand out, like they're supposed to give something back to you. I gave back to myself. And that was what was more important to me than anything. And I Wow, how powerful. So very much. <clears throat> and thank you for the question, Mary Lynn. And now we have the heiress, a.k.a. Kimberly, go right ahead. Good morning. Good morning, Dr. Sonia. Um, incredible segment. Thank you for sharing all that. Uh, I was just wondering if you share a lot of this uh, topic and others on your podcast that you have, because uh, I know that, you know, you have that podcast. I do. I actually, I get to pour into individuals every week on Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, on Whispers in a Bottle, Grown Talk Cocktail Fridays. Oh, the Cocktail Friday part is the fun part, by the way. Um, so I do. I get to bring up these topics. I've shared my story on there. Um, I get to answer letters from my whisperers to help them to break down those barriers. So, Kim, I appreciate you asking that question. And my podcast is like something that I've done now for a year, and it's been my joy. And I'm so grateful for it because it actually helps me because the name Whispers in a Bottle is an old Irish folklore that sailors would go out to sea and they would write a message of hope and throw it out into the ocean to take their message far and wide. And Whispers in a Bottle does the same thing. It allows me to write that message on the airwaves and throw my voice out there that it can, can connect with whoever needs that message or whoever needs that encouragement and to be uplifted. Thank you so much for that. Before, yes, thank you. Before we ask the next question and Trevor's gonna call them out, Dr. Sonia, can you tell people how to get a hold of you? What What is the best way? So we are under construction right now, our website, which is so exciting because we got some new things coming. But if you want to connect with me right now, you can actually go to my Instagram page. There's even a link in my Instagram page for my calendar as well. And um, so you can reach me there. You can DM me here if you like. Um, I'm just, you can just connect with me um, anywhere. And also come follow me on Whispers in a Bottle because you really get to have a real exchange with me. Thank you so much. 
Wow, this conversation is fire. I'm just saying, you're dropping mics all over the place. And y'all do need to go check out our podcast, too. I'm just saying, go check out the podcast. Uh, I believe we've got time for maybe one last question in, in here. And I, I think we had Mitzi was next. Is that right, Dr. Rowe? Mitzi? All right, amazing. Mitzi, are you here with us this morning? Yes. Mitzi, are you there? Dr. Rowe and Trevor, can I just jump in? This is Rolanda. Oh, you know you can jump in. I'm just overwhelmed and I'm just so, so impressed with Dr. Sonia. And can I just tell you that my Auntie Maya would just love you because you're standing for everything that she really stood for. And, you know, she had this quote that said, you may encounter many defeats, but you must not be defeated. In fact, it may be necessary to encounter the defeats so you can know who you are, what you rise from, and how you can still come out of it. And that's what she stood for, and that's what you stand for, and I am connecting the two of you spiritually. So keep up the great work, Dr. Sonia, and I would love to have you on my podcast, and I'll be following you because your message is so very important. And you have no idea the number of people you have touched today and continue to. So keep that up and keep bringing up Dr. Maya Angelou's name. As the old African proverb goes, as long as you mention my name, I live. And so let's keep her living on and inspiring just like you here on earth. Thank you so much. I'm Rolanda. Peace out. Oh, Rolanda, thank you. You don't know. I just that brought tears to my eyes when you said that. Because um, I have that saying up on my wall. So I just so appreciate you and thank you so much. And, um, oh, this is just amazing. Thank yeah, that was, oh, my goodness. Wow. Uh, and you know what? Hey, I think we've got um, Mitzi. I saw you flashing again. So you, I don't know if it was the app glitching or what, but I want to give you a real quick minute. If you are here with us this morning, I'll give you some space. And, uh Thank you, Trevor. Thank you, Dr. Rowe. Ah, Dr. Sonia, uh, amazing, amazing confirmation for myself. The one thing I wanted to know, as you shared your, your medical, um, I don't like to necessarily call them crisis because we all, um, the, the, the Lord has a way of uh, pulling things out of us. And sometimes some of us have to go through um, medical situations. The one thing I wanted to know was about your self-encouragement, because it sounds as though um, you were put in a place where uh, you, you encouraged yourself tremendously. And a lot of us, uh, especially now, we have a hard time doing that, um, is our self-encouragement, especially with uh, COVID, the way it just came in. It shot a lot of people down, but that self-encouragement is tremendous. Could you uh, briefly tell me um, what your self-encouragement was like? Thank you so much. Wow. Um, so let me just tell you, um, I am a person who <laughs> I tell people that my parents must not have ever told me not to dream or never told me not to dream that big. So I am a person who comes from a background of people just pouring into you constantly and always wanting you to be authentic with who you are. And so in turn, I am a believer of building oneself up. And um, 
I think the first and foremost, when I was going through medical school and really learning so much about the brain, I wanted to tap into my own mind and I wanted to be able to really be a benefit. So I wanted to sit with Sonia for a minute and I did that. I, I sat with me and I really came to understand who this woman or that time that girl was. Um, I tell people when I was 15 years old, I was coming home from school. I had was on a swim team. My coach was always on me because of being Latin American. I always had hips and everything. I was built different from everyone. And they constantly would be on me about my weight. And one day I came home from school and I looked in the mirror and I just told myself, you are enough. And I meant that. And I meant every word of it that day. And that day my mom came home, I said to her, if I ever doubt myself, please slap me. And my mother looked at me like I was crazy, like what is wrong with this child? But that's how I walk through my life. And so I'm gonna tell you, if you need to encourage yourself, look in that mirror, start to tap into you and find out what resonates for you with you and put that meaning in front of you. And that's what I would encourage you to do. With that as a mic drop is what that is. Oh, my goodness. Guys, you've been listening to the one, the only, Sonia LeRae, doing an amazing job, dropping the fire in here, inspiring, uplifting, encouraging, just everything that you've been saying this whole morning. If you can do me a big old favor, everyone, I want you to go follow her, blow her up all over social, you know, go connect with her on Instagram, her website, all those amazing things, and let her know. Send her a DM. Tell her how much you appreciate appreciate this conversation if she's lifted you up she needs to hear it you know what i'm saying so let uh, make sure she knows about that if i can get everybody to unmute real quick and give me a big old yay yay for some thank you for joining us on breakfast with champions if you want to catch the live version you can follow us on clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m to 11 a.m eastern time monday through friday saturday 6 to noon and sundays with our 111 sunday service make sure you're keeping up with breakfast with champions and getting yourself a seat at the table